my scripture reading today is really long. I'm reading a whole chapter, chapter 9. And the only reason I'm doing this is because this chapter in the lectionary, for the, who, who, the people who don't know what the lectionary is, it's, it's recommended uh, scriptures to preach each Sunday. Well, the lectionary left this whole chapter out. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe we need to go there. But this is the story of this blind man, and we've always just get bits and pieces of it. So I'm going to read the whole story, 41 verses, so we can get the whole story of what was going on with Jesus and this blind man here. Because that's what I decided. I'm going to kind of go through and look for scriptures that they don't put in the lectionary, and we'll go there. I'm not saying they do it on purpose, it's just they left it out. So, John chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he sped on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which were before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, he is like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. And then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They said unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him, that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that, Jesus, that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he do thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? 
Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke unto Moses, As, this, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. And the man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous saying, that you not know from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and doest thou teach us? And they cast him out. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Doest thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might not, might, excuse me, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and they said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. The word of God for the children of God, and all of God's children said, Amen. And this scripture is so awesome, though, how Jesus meets people in their brokenness. He don't care your background. He don't care anything. He just cares for you and your heart and your life. And this guy here, he was born blind. He never seen before ever. He didn't know what sin meant. But Jesus came to him in his brokenness in his darkness and brought him hope and life. And see, that's how Jesus works in people's lives. When you're broken and you're beat down by the world and you know, these religious leaders, they didn't care about that blind guy. They walked past him every day. They ignored him. What's this guy doing here cluttering up the, the temple? Get him out of here. And that's, that's how religious people get. You know, they get set in their ways. And it's really, really hard to open their eyes to truth. Even with Jesus standing there talking to him, God himself in the flesh. And like this guy said, the blind guy, nobody has ever opened the eyes of someone who was born blind. If he was not of God, he couldn't have done this. And here are these religious leaders like, well, this guy's a sinner. We know he's a sinner because he did it on the Sabbath day. And see, we can misjudge people like that. We get so stuck in our rules and regulations of how things should be, how things we think they ought to be. But each person is different. And Jesus will reach that person at their level. He didn't come to condemn them. He came to open their eyes that they may see the truth and see things they've never seen before in their life, to open up their whole world to hope and reality of a new beginning. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives, open our eyes and our hearts, to look out to this hurting world that we live in and find the people that are blind to the things of God and show them what real love looks like in their brokenness. 
instead of stepping on their heads and keeping them down and ignoring them like the Pharisees did or condemning them, saying, we know who he is. He's a nobody. He don't matter. But Jesus said he does matter. And that was so awesome because what did Jesus say to this guy? Do you believe in the Son of God? In the Son of Man? He's like, well, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? He goes, it's he talking to you and you're looking at him. He goes, Lord, I believe. Right then when he said, I believe, he's a child of the Most High God accepted into the kingdom. Not because of what he did or what he's not doing. Not because he went to church or he does not go to church. It's because he believed on the Master. And, and, and this is so important for us as Christians to understand because we can get caught up in our religious activities. We really can. And I, I'm, I'm guilty as everybody. Well, they don't go to church. How could they know God? But I'm realizing as I live and get out into the world and talk to people, and I'm not preaching at them. I'm not beating them over the head of the Bible. I'm just kind of entering into their, into their world with them. And, and I see that they're hungry for God. They want that love and compassion. But they haven't got it from the Pharisees. And so they stay away. Because they think everybody's like that. They think oh, we're all Pharisees. And you know, we get so comfortable in our churches, in our way of worshiping God, that we forget about the blind people outside of the church. The hurting people that, that need this love that Jesus has to offer. You know, and it's just so amazing, this story, that's why I wanted to read it all, so we could, we could get the full grasp of how people look at things. Now, you look at his parents, they were worried about what people thought about him. So they wasn't going to get in the middle of that mess because they didn't want to get kicked out of the church. You know, we're afraid of what men might think about us. So we're not going to go there. See, I'm getting a point in my life where, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful, and I love the church, but I'm at the point where if you're going to judge me, if I'm going to go hang with sinners, well, then go ahead and judge me. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't hang out with the Pharisees. He didn't hang out at the temple. He went there on occasions and did what he was supposed to do to follow the law because he fulfilled all righteousness. But Jesus went to the broken. He went to the road where the people were at, to down and trod. He went with them. He went and hung out with the whores. He went, out, he went and hung out with the meth dealers and the meth heads. Stuff like that. That's where Jesus went. To the broken. To the beat down. To give them hope. To let them know that God loves you. And He knows what the enemy's doing to your life. He knows what kind of stronghold He has put on you. But this is for the glory of God to be revealed in you and through you. Just like He did for the blind man. God is still doing that today. Jesus is still opening the eyes of the blind. And he's also shutting the eyes of the religious leaders who think they know it all. And, and, and they just can't see past their own self-righteousness to reach out to the hurting people. We don't want them in our church because they don't dress right. You ever smelt that guy? We don't want him here. That's how we get. That's how comfortable we get in our religion. And that's what it is, a religion. A country club style. Look at the apostles and Jesus. A bunch of long-haired people. Beards. And, you know, they were on the road all the time. They wore sandals and stuff. Who knows? They probably didn't smell that great because they, you know, they were walking in the hot sun all the time. 
but I know they kept clean, but I'm just saying. If, we, if 13 guys walked in here that looked like Megadeth band or something, you know, heavy metal stuff, would we love them? Would we accept them like Jesus did the blind man? Would we put our hands out to help open their eyes? And these are just questions I ask myself. You know, I ask Jesus, you know, Lord, I don't want to get caught up in this Pharisee act because it's easy to do as Christians. We get so used to our routine and God has done a work in our heart and life so we're, we're walking, we're, we think we're doing right and we are. We're loving God and we're trying to love people but then we get judgmental against other people. The ones that are beat down by the world and I, I'm guilty of it, folks. I mean, I have family that I don't even want around me because where they're at. I don't want them to bring it on me. But I'm wrong. I catch myself and last night, I was talking to God. It's like, Lord, whatever you do, do not let my brother come want to live with me. And guess what's going to happen? I already see this coming. He's going to be knocking on my door soon. And he's going to need a place to stay. And it, I'm going to be right at that time. Am I going to reach out and help this blind man? Or am I going to shut my door in his face and say, I ain't got time for your life. I'm too busy with my life. And so that's where I'm at. And then I see how Jesus treats people. And I want to love people like Jesus loved people. Because the scripture says to be imitators of Christ. But if we're not loving the unlovable, we're not imitating Christ. If we're not going to the downtrodden and the broken and showing them the love and helping them. Helping them come out of that pit. That's what being a Christian is all about. Are we going to follow Christ or are we just going to watch Christ? We need to be followers of the Lord and love. And that's what Jesus, his whole point was, his whole ministry. We've got to love. If you love God, love your neighbor, you fulfill it all. And let's not be so judgmental like the Pharisees. But, you know, I know that we all step into that Pharisee act. Every one of us. And if we say we didn't, we would be lying to ourselves. That's when we got to shake it off. And remember what Jesus said. Love overcomes multitudes of sin. That's what Christianity is about. It's not about going to church, paying your tithe. I mean, that's all part of it. But that's not what it's all about. See, that's more of those rules and regulations we get caught up in. I'm pleasing God, I'm going to church, I'm paying my tithe, I'm doing this right, I'm doing this right. But you missed the point. Are you loving the unlovable? Are you reaching out to those drug heads, the meth heads that are beat down by the world that will not come around the church because they know what the Pharisees think of them? They're no good. They're worthless. And the reason why I use meth is because that's the worst thing going on in our world right now besides fentanyl. Meth, this drug meth, has got so many people wrapped up, tangled up, and locked up in a stronghold. And then the world beats them down. The world says, you're no good. Put them in jail. That's where they belong. They're worthless. Would Jesus do that? I ask myself, would Jesus treat these people like that? No. You're right, he wasn't. Out of the mouth of babes, he's perfected praise. 
to avenge the enemy. And that's how we got to be, like this little child. Love like Jesus loved. And I know it's hard, even when they're hitting you back and they're spitting in your face. That's what Jesus did. And that's why this story just gets to me so much. How he loved this guy. And he told his disciples, he didn't send his parents and sin. This is so the glory of God could be revealed. So maybe that's what all this is going on in our world, is that so the church can rise up and be about the Father's business so the glory of God can be revealed into these hurting lives. That they will become part of that glorious church of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ with hands that reach out to the broken instead of pushing them away and beating them down. That's what it's all about. That's what being a Christian boils down to. It's loving. Love, 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 love. And that's what it's all about. So as we go out in our lives and you see brokenness, pray for the people. And you know, and, and I catch myself praying, you know, Lord, I pray for this family. I pray that you reveal yourself to them. And God's like, go. I'm in you. Go reveal me to them. Show them what real love looks like. And, but, you know, I get caught up in my own selfishness and it's like, well, you know, I'll let someone else deal with that because I ain't got time for that. I got my own issues I'm dealing with. But I'm noticing in my life that as I help try to reach out to help other people, it helps me become a better person. It helps me to take the focus off my little issues and focus on the hurting world around me. And maybe I can give a hand and help bring somebody out of the pit and bring them a smile in their life and let them know that maybe God does love me in my brokenness. That's how God revealed Himself to Susie and I. He came to us in our brokenness, in our mess, and He loved us just as we was. But he loved us so much that he worked on us and he, and he, he got things out of our lives that we didn't need, that we thought we needed. But God's like, no, you don't need this. This is, this is what's holding you back in this area. We'll get rid of that. You know? But he does it to where you're like, yeah, get rid of that. I'm tired of that. I'm sick of that. And that's how God does it. People think when they come to God, they've got to give up everything. No, you give everything to God and let Him work it out of your life. Don't go in there and think, well, I'm going to have to quit drinking. I'm going to have to quit smoking. I'm going to have to quit doing this. And I got, you know, because there's a list of rules Pharisees will throw at you that you've got to do before you can be accepted by God. Because I know. But God says, no. Come as you are. Bring me that trash. Bring me all that baggage. And we'll work it out together. Because you can't do it on your own. And don't sit there and focus your whole life on your, your personal problems. If you focus on Jesus and the hurting world around you, that stuff will just disappear. And that's how I'm finding out in my own life. When I focus on my addictions, my problems, and then that's where I stay. I stay right there in that miserable pit. But when I give it to God and try to move out and try to help a hurting world and, and, and be selfless instead of selfish, I, I feel better about myself. And I feel like, well, maybe I do have a purpose. Maybe God can use a broken vessel like me. I think you've got to come to this broken place where you realize that you're broken. Just like the rest of the people. And that's when God says, okay, now, 
I can use you. Because you don't think you're all that. You know that you're a broken vessel like every person on this planet. Get rid of this high-mindedness stuff that we got going on in our lives like the Pharisees. And I think that's a message God wants His whole church to get. The whole body of Christ worldwide. Let's quit shoving Scripture down people's face and let's shove love in their face. Instead of words, let's show some action, some compassion, some forgiveness, and not so judgmental. Because it hurts your heart when people are judging you. It really does. It breaks you down. And you're like, I don't want to be around that person because every time I go around them, they bring me down. They hurt me off my heart. They tell me how worthless I am. Who wants to hang around that? I don't. It's what Jesus says. Love. Forgive. Reach out and touch with compassion. You know, there's so many other stories or so many other lessons we can learn from this story. But this is the main one Jesus is trying to teach all of us. To love the blind. They might be blind to the spiritual world too, but love them. Help open their eyes with your love and compassion. That's what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, when we get there and we're standing in front of Jesus, He ain't going to say, well, uh, what denomination was you? Uh, did you pay your tithe every Sunday? No, He's going to say, did you love me? Did you love people? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Love. Not a bunch of rules. Love. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you that you're here with us right now, Lord. We thank you that you want us to learn to love each other like you love us, Lord. Help us not to be so judgmental, Father. Help us to look at people like you look at all of us with compassion and mercy. Lord, we rebuke that Pharisee spirit out of our church and out of our lives. And we welcome your Holy Spirit of love, compassion, and mercy in our hearts and our church for your glory. Because this is your church, Lord. And we are your body. This is the church of Jesus Christ. Let us never forget that, Lord, that you are the head, we are the body. And we love you, Lord, and thank you for your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. By the way, that's what the Good Shepherd does. (laughs) Everything we just talked about. I never got to throw that in there, but I'm throwing that in there now. He's the Good Shepherd for that reason.